Hello, hello, hello. You are inside of the Side Hustle Social Worker Podcast. I'm Marceline Bailey, and I am so excited to have the fabulous Rhonda Davis with us today. Rhonda Davis, a.k.a. Turquoise Blue. And Rhonda, you're going to have to share how you came up with that. I think that is so. Every time I think about turquoise blue, because it's blue is my favorite color, and it just fits you so, so well. But we're going to talk about um, all the things that uh, Rhonda does. She is, and she is fabulous. I met Rhonda uh, several years ago at a conference for entrepreneurs. It was a weekend conference, and I was totally impressed by her knowledge, by her cool, she has a cool demeanor about her, and yet there is so much that she can share and she wants to share with you, our audience, and with those who would be interested in her products and her services. So I'm going to let, and she's also a fellow Georgian, so I also like to bring that out. But I'm going to let Rhonda just share a little bit about herself and what she does. Wow, thank you for that introduction, Marceline. Um, And I'm so appreciative of you presenting this opportunity to me. A little bit about myself. My name is Rhonda Davis, as you said, a.k.a. Turquoise Blue. And a little bit of background on that name. It's not really a lot to it. It's just that um, my name, Rhonda Davis, is a very common name, and a lot of people have that name. And uh, what I found is that, you know, we started getting online on the Internet. A lot of people who were... um, using that name. I've had a lot of mix-ups throughout my life with other people having that same name. And so turquoise blue has been my favorite color, one of my favorite colors, I should say, uh, throughout my entire life. And so I just chose that. I thought that it represented me well. It's a color that I wear often, a color I love. And um, that's how I ended up with that name. And I've had it for a long time. And people actually call me that like it's my name. I answer to it. So um, a little bit of background, I am a web developer and um, web and graphic designer, and I currently have a full-time career as a web developer for a government contractor. I work as part of a communications team, and we're responsible for sharing content that's related to healthcare policy, and I really enjoy what I do, and I don't have any plans to leave my career at this time. Um, how did I end up um, in this field is that I have always had a love for anything that is related to design. And when I was growing up, I used to want to be an artist or a fashion designer, but my parents discouraged me from pursuing those type of things because it didn't fit into what they saw for me. And so I um, abandoned that dream at that time and I always still found ways to express myself creatively Um, but I ended up teaching myself web design about 20 years ago and I grew to love it so much that I eventually ended up going to college and I got a bachelor's degree in web design and a master's degree in digital media design and I've been working professionally um, 
as a web designer for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. So Rhonda, you were really, I mean, 20 years ago, um, web design as we know it was not um, a household term. That was something that uh, maybe companies did, but it wasn't something that uh, I don't think, it wasn't something that people talked about, you know, in their homes or in their everyday life. So it sounds like you are really uh, in the forefront of jumping into this particular field. Yeah, there was no WordPress or anything like that back then. Everything was basically uh, strictly code. So there were quite a few of us, you know, that were curious on the web and we were just playing around and wanted to learn how to make things and make things move across the page or, you know, eventually start designing pages, creating themes and stuff like that. So, yeah, I was kind of um, at the forefront of that. I really found it interesting and I taught myself HTML and CSS and, you know, different things like that. And what I didn't know, um, I just sought out ways to learn it. And then eventually, you know, as the field began to grow, the um, technology caught up with it. And then there were a lot more opportunities and also the... um, the standards were created and different things like that came into play. So I did decide to go to school because I wanted to become a professional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So if someone comes to you um, um, to utilize your services as a web designer, um, they get the benefit of someone who not only can um, use the interface of a WordPress or a Weebly or a Wix, you can also design and create code that works specifically for what they need. Is that correct? Yes, that's not done as much now. Um, There's like a move away from custom coding just because of the maintenance and upkeep of it because basically anyone that wants something that is uh, hand-coded or custom is going to have to understand that they are going to have to utilize the services of a a web developer um, professional because they're going to need them for the maintenance and upkeep of the site. Uh, there's a more of a move toward using, you know, platforms like WordPress and things like that because uh, they're a lot easier for um, an average person to do simple changes or simple updates, things like if they want to maintain their own blog, and then they just rely on the web professional to take care of some of the back-end things like that. So, you know, as far as efficiency, also um, cost and and things like that, it's better to use um a platform like that as opposed to getting a custom design. But yes, I still can do the custom. Mm -hmm. So, Rhonda, you talked about abandoning dreams. How does your your current uh, side hustles, how do your current side hustles fit into your recapturing some of the dreams? Wow. Okay, Marceline, uh, let me backtrack with a little story so you know after abandoning those dreams I um, 
I got married young, and when I left home, I always uh, thought that, you know, at some point I would go to college, and I still secretly wanted to be a fashion designer. I would do, like, a lot of sketches and draw and come up with all types of designs and imagine that, you know, I could see my collection on a runway or a fashion show or something like that, and... um, my marriage ended up not being that great, and I ended up with someone who actually um, did a lot of things to try to prevent me from going to college. And um, I remember I even enrolled in college one time, and um, this person went behind my back and put a stop payment on my check, so um, my oh. tuition didn't go through, and you know, a lot of things like that. So I remember I got so frustrated. I was. Um, working at at the time and I took all of my drawings and my illustrations and I just ripped them up and threw them away and I said well you know this is not for me and then that that after that I became a mom and I just kind of focused on um you know raising my children so what happened is that eventually I got back into design um I I had um always been a crocheter so I always crocheted like off and on but I got into jewelry design and I started making jewelry um, and got to the point where I was making like a lot of designs with semi-precious stones and I would actually do vending and sell and I really loved it it was a way for me to make you know extra income I would use it to pay for like my children's Christmas presents and things like that and you know, that kind of sustained me over the years off and on. And I was like, well, you know, um, I probably still will never be a designer. And, uh, you know, this will be as high as I can reach or as far as I can go with that type of thing. But uh, later on, I really got back into my crocheting and things like that. And then what I did is I started submitting my design to publications, and surprisingly, the first design that I ever submitted was accepted by a magazine for publication. And oh, then wow. after that, just I started um, selling designs one after the other. Magazines were just picking up um, my my designs, and so I ended up having several of my designs appear. And um, national publications, and I even ended up having one of my designs appear on the cover of a magazine. Oh, wow. And so after that, you know, I really um, began to feel I am a designer. I started calling myself a designer because I was creating designs. And I um, created my own website, thisiscrochet.com, and I started featuring my own designs on my website and I started designing patterns that I sold on my um, website wow. so people could actually purchase a pattern to make one of my designs. Wow. And uh, from there, um, I started um, getting, you know, recognized and people would uh, interview me. Or, and then I got a request to become an editor of a um, online magazine and it was a magazine called Crochet Savvy and we featured um, different uh, crochet designers and artists 
from all around the world. And so I became an editor of that publication. And so then that also um, created an opportunity to put me in front of more people. And so from there, what I have been doing recently, um, I, in addition to designing for magazines, I've also had designs that have been in books. So um, recently, mo- most recently, I had two designs in a book called um, um, Delicate Crochet, and that book is available on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And um, I have now moved into doing fashion design, so now I actually am living my dream. I'm designing collections that appear on a runway. So um, I've been participating in um, runway shows here locally in Atlanta. I've also had some offers to come to other places to show my work. I have not um, accepted any of those yet. Uh, Most recently here in Georgia, um, there is a a show called Strands, Fiber Artist um, Show. And unfortunately, the show for this year is canceled due to the... um, COVID-19 pandemic so that's had to be postponed until the fall but I'm really looking forward to showing my newest collection on the runway in November Mm. wow as I was I was listening to you Rhonda and I was thinking that there are so many women who think that um what they envision, what they dream about, what they desire is out of their reach because they think that time has passed them by. It just, your story um, is a testament, testimony of no, it it has not passed you by and not only can you um, reach your dream um, as long as you just take, continue to take one step at a time and be open to the opportunities that are available, you can get there. You can reach that. That's such a, such a powerful, it's such a powerful uh, story to share. And I, I'm so happy you shared that with us today. Tell us more Thank about you. what you do. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just so, it is very moving. And, um, it, you know, but it is. It's very moving. And I think it's, you know, we hear the term empowering, but it is empowering because I think women need to hear that um, perhaps the door has closed for now, but there are other doors and there's other ways to get what you what you what you need in order to reach your reach your dream and reach your goals. So um, I, I'm just so <laughs> I'm sitting here. I'm just trying to gather myself because I, I, I it was very moving for me. Yeah, most definitely. A friend of mine says, um, "If you're not dead, you're not done." Hashtag NDND, and it's so very true. I'm here as a living testament to say that, you know, don't give up. Um, I am a woman in my 50s, and I still have a lot of things that I want to do, and I have a lot of things that I plan to do and accomplish, and I won't quit until I leave this earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us more about about your side 
Hustle, you have an accessories line as well, is that correct? Yes, in addition to doing the fashion design, I have launched into, uh, um, I have moved over into doing an accessories line. Um, I um, recently started a line called Plush Funk, and um, we're still working on the launch. As I said um, earlier, I was supposed to be doing a fashion show, and I had planned to launch my line um, at the fashion show in March. And I was, you know, really relying on that to get my photos and get my models and a lot of different things. And then COVID came. So I um, am not able to get my products photographed on models because, you know, we have to practice social distancing. So this is an example of, um, you know, having to deal with uh, a, a, a slight curveball or a shift in a, a business so you know I took this as a lesson to see how I could come up with different ways so now I'm just working on other ways to get creative photos and as soon as I finish getting all the photos then we'll have the products up and the um, line is um, jewelry and accessories and we're starting with um, my signature earrings I have uh, two different types of earrings um, my nephew and my Cleo earrings and as soon as I can get them up I will be so happy that I can share that with everyone yeah so tell us how tell us how people can find you where can they look to find you on social media and um, even on the web well I'm on all social media pretty much as uh, turquoise blue and my website is turquoiseblue.com. And I also have a website for my new accessories line, plushfunk.com. And we're going to definitely put this in the um, podcast description so people can uh, hit the link and go directly to you. Um, oh, great. I appreciate that because the spelling is a little bit different. So that, that's yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, we will definitely do that. So, Rhonda, tell – I mean, there's so much – and I, I'm like, wow, there's so much I want to talk about. And um, – we don't all we don't have a whole lot of time, but I know that you like to work with creative women. Um, and how do you help women if someone comes to you and they say, you know, I, I just need some help in what I'm trying to do? How do you work with them? What do you offer them? Sure, I, I really love to work with creative women, spiritual women, and you know, just based on um, a little bit of my story that I shared with you um, earlier, I really like to um, help women who um, desire to make confident decisions and they need help with assistance in developing, um, you know, a side income opportunity. People who um, may be experiencing hesitation or self doubt about what they can offer, I really love to help them build up their confidence and I also like to work with them side by side to help them create their um, products or services and I do this in the form of um, one-on-one mentoring sessions and I also create info products that people can actually download and use and um, one of the products that um, I have is my side income success secrets book and workbook and I really love um, and I created that because um, I wanted to help women to be able to um, work through the um, steps that they need to use to um, 
assess themselves and also um, make the um, connections that they need to build their business. And then also dealing with how to um, deal with shift changes, just like what we're dealing with right now with the um, with the um, pandemic and learn how to adapt and adjust, adjust with changes. And then also to develop ways to expand into unknown and new opportunities and discover future opportunities. So I have a book where I talk about the processes and the steps that I use to um, do this. It's called Side Income Success Secrets. And it has a companion workbook that goes along with it. And I really like the workbook because what it does, it has um, forms that you use to do assessments and also to create different lists and um, design the steps that you would use and by the time that you complete the workbook, you have developed your own personal plan that you can use to um, uh, get more clients and sales. Mm-hmm. And how do they, how would they get the Side Income Success Secrets book and workbook? They can get that by going to my website at turquoiseblue.com forward slash S-I-S-S. And that stands for Side Income Success Secrets. (laughs) Yes, it does. Thank you. And in addition to um, the info products, like I said, I I also, um, excuse me, sorry. I also work with um, women to go through, um, well, I have a process that I call my, activate your receptive mode because what I've found is that sometimes women are also guilty of not allowing themselves to be able to receive. We tend to be givers. We give, 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 and we put ourselves last. And then a lot of times we do it so much that even when someone is trying to give to us or or if a situation comes in that is an opportunity, we will deny ourselves. So I have a seven-step process that I call Activate Your Receptive Mode that I've created. And I'm currently working on that, and I will be presenting that in the form of probably a challenge. And I'm probably going to offer it as a free challenge also so that um, people can go through the process. I think it's really helpful, especially during a time like this. Mm-hmm. And basically what the, what it does is it um, is a seven-step process for someone to do a reset and basically that is to um, so that they can go forward doing something differently. Mm-hmm. So you have, you are a mom, you're managing a full-time job, you have a side hustle, you have a family, you're, how are you able to keep all of these balls in the air how do you manage how did you fit your side hustle into your lifestyle well um for me at this point i'm a mom to adult children and um, i have grandchildren so currently it's not as much of a demand um on me um they, they still do have needs. I mean, it never ends, and especially with grandchildren, they come back with new needs and new new things. So, you know, I'm always being pulled in, but not as much, and I can still retreat and demand my space. But coming up as a mom, when I did, um, when I was doing my uh, side hustles, 
with my children. What I did is I had to um, get creative about when I could actually, you know, do my, my um, back then I was making like jewelry and dolls and doing things, things like that. Um, so what I would do is a lot of times, like a lot of moms do, work <laughs> when the children were asleep. <laughs> and, you know, we sacrifice our sleep in exchange for, um, you know, creating these opportunities. And then another thing that I would do is that um, a lot of times during the holidays and, and, and during the summer and, you know, their, their uh, winter breaks, spring breaks and things like that, they would go away to um, visit their grandmother. And so during that time, I would really hunker down. I would, you know, pre-order my supplies. I'd have everything ready. So once they were gone, then I would just, like, spend hours and hours and hours and hours just, you know, making and getting everything ready. And then a lot of times um, when I would do, like, the uh, fairs or the sending and things like that, they would be, like, during the summer or would be, like, you know, around the holiday season when the kids would be um, away. So uh, that was one of the ways that I thought. I would just have to schedule that time during the times when I didn't have, you know, the demands of the children. Mm -hmm. Wow. Now, I know also that you have you have your own routine and rituals that you use that help you to manage your time. Um, tell us a little bit about that, please. Sure. Um, with the um, activate your receptive mode that I talked about, there are some things that I like to do as far as um, creating the uh, reset and it starts with a purge, and basically that is, you know, eliminating all types of clutter in your life, whether it's physical clutter, whether it's digital clutter, whether it's um, mental clutter from um, messaging that we have, things that people have told us, you know, that we can cannot do, opinions of others, you know, all that um, negative type of things and clutter type of things that we absorb into ourselves that really are not a part of us and you know we take on ownership of other people's stuff so you know just basically going through steps to remove those type of things and then you know reframing what we see and what we uh, allow ourselves to consume by you know replacing the negative um, messages with positive affirmations about ourselves I'm really big on doing um, I am statements, so um, I like to use those and, um, you know, basically having a routine starting a day with those and constantly reminding myself who I am, whose I am, you know, what I am, so, you know, saying things like I'm open to receive all good blessings and, you know, writing them down, doing things like that. And I have a, a thing where I say in the morning, check your notifications before you check your notifications. So in other words, <laughs> I mean like, you know, before you check into TV, social media, and things like that, spend a moment with yourself and, you know, see what alerts you have for yourself for the day. 
So, you know, why would you start your day without checking on yourself first instead of, you know, you want to check in and see what the latest gossip is or, you know, what's on your timeline. Don't be in a rush to go and see what everybody else is doing and how everybody else is living, what the world's going through. Your most important notifications are the ones that come from within yourself. So, you know, doing some self-reflecting and, um, you know, different practices like that just developing self-mastery. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, we are about out of time. Unfortunately, um, I hope you will come back and and talk with us again, Rhonda, a.k.a. Turquoise Blue. Listeners, I want you to go to turquoiseblue.com, and that is T-U-R-Q-U-O-I-Z blue.com We're going to have her links in the description of this podcast. As you can see, she is a wealth of information and she is fabulous, 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 fabulous. She is a wonderful person and a successful side hustle entrepreneur. So you will learn lots of things from turquoise blue and that's our episode for this week happy mother's day to all happy mother's day Rhonda and hope you all will keep listening and we'll check you later I'm Marcelin Bailey and as always take good care